The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of The Chris and Joe Show here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. Today's episode, we will be talking about various roster moves that have happened for the Giants as they are looking to cut down. They also made some unexpected trades. We are going to recap all of that. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. And as I said, we're going to be unpacking those various moves made by the New York Giants. Before we do, though, folks, hit that subscribe button and also leave us a five-star review if you enjoy tuning into the podcast. So, Chris, we've got a number of moves that we're going to address today. Following show that we're going to have out after this will be a preview of the Giants' next preseason matchup, which will be against the Cleveland Browns. Before we get to that, though, we obviously need to cover all these moves as there's a lot of stuff going on for the Giants and teams across the league. The first move that popped up this week was a trade for cornerback Keon Crossan. A seventh-round pick was dealt to bring in Crossan, primarily a special teamer. And this move was a bit interesting and odd to me for a number of reasons, Chris, because the, the Giants, as we've talked about a lot, are probably deepest at corner right now or you could say defensive line, but one of their deepest positions is cornerback, is their secondary. They've spent draft capital over multiple years at the corner position. They also signed a Dory Jackson. They also have some guys that are in prove-it type situations. So them bringing in Crossin was a little bit odd to me because it doesn't really fit what they need right now. They don't really need to be making trades to add depth at corner. You would think it would be at offensive line or some other positions that appear to be weak. Yeah, I, I have to assume uh, Crossan was acquired for his special teams ability. You know, he was drafted by the New England Patriots back in 2018. He knows Joe Judge. Joe Judge knows him. He's primarily been a special teamer since he's been in the league. He has played on on the defense some, I believe, specifically with the Texans. I don't know that he got onto the, got onto the field on defense with the Patriots. You know, he's kind of an undersized guy. I think he's about. 5859 180185ish in that in that range. So if he gets on the field it would probably be in the slot. But he, his he's going to be competing for a job as a special teams player. Yeah, I 
I kind of have to guess at this point that it was the injury to TJ Brunson that really motivated the Giants to go out and get another special teams guy because Brunson, yes, he caused the fumble in the game against the Jets, but his value was going to be on special teams. So I, I really think that Crossan is re- going, he should have an ST next to his name with a little <laughs> slash DB because he's going to be a special teams player first. Yeah, that's really the, the primary emphasis here. And part of the reason why I'm saying it was a bit odd of a decision. The Giants don't really need a corner. And they also, we're going to get to the other move that happened this week that even solidifies where Crossan fits into the picture of this roster. This is really a special teams depth move. I don't even know if he's a lock or a guarantee to make the roster just because they traded a seventh round pick for him. There is a level of familiarity there with him previously being uh, under Joe Judge when they were with the, when he was with the Patriots. But you know this is a guy that works hard on special teams that is going to bust his butt. You lose TJ Brunson, who was likely going to fight for a roster spot as a special teamer. Two different physical body types um, you know that you're going to get with these two different guys. But still, this is really, really mostly just a special teams move. And the other move that they made... I guess is more of a cornerback based move. I can't even really fully, I can't even fully really figure out what they're doing with with some of these decisions and these trades that they made this week. And the, and the other one that I'm referencing, Chris, is the swap that they made for Isaac Yadam, sending Isaac Yadam to the the Packers, and then going and getting former second round pick Josh Jackson. Now Jackson, during his draft year, some thought he was the number one corner in his class. That doesn't end up being how he slotted and selected. Jair Alexander ends up going before him uh, to the Packers. We know how good Alexander is. Josh Josh Jackson has never lived up to that hype. And here we are with an underwhelming corner swapped for an underwhelming corner. This one, more than the cross and trade, confuses me as well because, again, they've got quality depth. They're not perfect, but they're going and getting a guy who's been pretty underwhelming in his career thus far. I would also even argue, like with Crossan, I don't think this is a guy that's guaranteed to make the roster. Yadam was on the bubble and is a guy who potentially wasn't going to stick around. And we're bringing in another guy who is on the bubble and is potentially not going to stick around. Yeah. Th- this one to me is the confusing bit. Yeah. I could see back in 2018 why teams would or could fall in love with Josh Jackson. He had a ton of production that year or that pre- that previous year at, at Iowa. He had great ball production. He had some of the best hands of any corner in his draft class. You know, he's a former wide receiver, and I noted in his scouting report, he plays the ball in the air like a wide receiver. The problem is he just never really translated it to the NFL. He started 10 games as a rookie. He was okay. Basically, he was a rookie corner without a whole hell of a lot of experience at cornerback. And then he just regressed badly. Uh, He started two games over the next two years. He played in 26 and just even this year, it was basically kind of a widely anticipated among Packers writers, Packers fans that, Jackson was going to be gone after the first preseason game. He struggled that badly. So I don't know if this was a case where the Giants, you know, they had fond memories of 
Jackson from that draft class. You know, they, they really liked him. He was high on their board and they found out about the opportunity to acquire him. So, you know, they had a corner. They probably weren't going to keep around. The Packers had a corner. They weren't really going to keep around. So, you know, they just made the trade straight up and, you know, maybe the Giants are thinking they can get something out of him. You know, maybe they can unlock that, that ability but you know, the confusing thing to me is we have been anticipating that the Giants want to run not just more man coverage, but a lot more man coverage. They fell into the trap, and it was largely because of Isaac Yadam being on the field for them that they ran a lot of zone coverages. And once teams figured out that even though they were rotating their zones and the coverage they showed at the snap wasn't the coverage they were actually playing, but it was still going to be a zone cover they just started running zone beater route concepts and they started having a lot of success through the air. And, you know, Josh Jackson was best as a cover three cover four zone, basically zone coverage across the board cornerback. So yeah, I'm not sure how this, how he really fits in what at least we think the giants defense needs to do. And also you look at the physical profiles of these guys, there's really not much of a difference. I can't speak to how these guys, their play styles are, are going to be differing, but just looking at their physical profiles, they're also their experience in the league. Both came from the same draft class. Both are around six foot. Josh Jackson, six foot. Isaac Yadam, six foot one. Slightly longer arms for Isaac Yadam, who's got 32 inch, and Josh Jackson is 31 inch. And they're both relatively the same weight. So I, I just, again, find this a bit odd. Uh, am, am I missing something here? Like, is, is one guy going to be better at, at playing in man coverage than the other? I, I just, I, I think that this was merely, as you said, both teams weren't really satisfied with guys that were potentially on the roster bubble that they might cut. And they went and wanted to maybe make a swap and see if different skill sets could work in different scenarios. Um, I don't even know if Yadam's going to stick around with the Packers. But here in this situation, I can't even really speak to the likelihood that Josh Jackson makes this roster. Because if you just look at all the guys that he is fighting against just to even crack the rotation, he's got a lot of people ahead of him. It is going to be an uphill battle for Josh Jackson to find his way on the field for the Giants. Yeah, he really does. And honestly, if he gets onto the field, does that just lock the team back into playing a pretty productive predictable brand of defense which you know got them in trouble last year that you know once teams figured out what their defense was actually doing that kind of is what knocked them out of the playoffs you know they if the giants had been able to run a more varied defense they might have beaten the cardinals or they might have beaten the browns and that would have put them over the top now there is one possibility, you know, back when I wrote a scouting report up, I said that for the Giants, and this was for James Betcher's scheme, but Betcher's scheme is very similar to Kirby Smart's team scheme in Alabama, and we know Patrick Graham's scheme is similar to what Alabama runs. So there, So this could still hold true. And at the time, I thought Jackson could transition to safety. For the Giants, you know, he doesn't have the best speed. I think he ran a four, five, six, but he does have good ball skills. He does have good hands. So maybe if you play him deeper, yeah, you know, 
maybe he could compete for a free safety role where the Giants are still pretty deep, but not as deep as they are at corner. And that could maybe hide some of his deficiencies and maybe allow them to emphasize some of the strengths more. But personally, I haven't really heard anything about that. And just taking a a, a quick glance at how he'll fit into the rotation possibly, he's going to be a backup outside corner. You have to consider Darnay Holmes is probably going to be starting in the slot because Aaron Robinson has been hurt. And then once Aaron Robinson gets back and he's healthy, he is going to be competing with Darnay Holmes for snaps. So you've got two guys already solidified at the slot. You know that they're both going to be working in in various ways. We don't know for sure how they're going to be utilized and who's going to get the most amount of snaps. That's something that we've talked about throughout the preseason and also in the offseason that we're excited to see because we think that they're both very talented. Then we obviously know James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are going to be starting at both outside corner spots. So Josh Jackson is probably going to be one of their backups. Uh, I don't know if that's a lock or a guarantee, but there's not really anyone else in this roster that I would really slot over him. Regardless, it's just a straight-up swap of corners for a guy that is going to be the third outside corner, the next available outside corner on this roster. Coming up, we are going to talk about the roster cuts that were made, waves uh, made on specific players. Before we do so, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So far this week, Chris, we have two names that we know that have been waived from the roster. We've had a handful of guys that have been put on the injured reserve. Uh, They are dealing with potentially season-ending injuries or injuries that will take them out for an extended period of time. We've spoke on Kyle Murphy, TJ Brunson, um, and you know they're not the only two guys that are dealing with injuries right now that were placed on the reserve after that first game. But two names that were cut from the roster already that will no longer continue their careers with the New York Giants, running back Alfred Morris and then safety Chris Milton. Alfred Morris for me, Chris, just uh, that one makes a lot of sense. Probably didn't really need to go out and sign him, yet they decided to. And maybe it was just to kick the tires like, yeah, he did okay for us last year. Let's see if you can still move forward in a lateral direction and uh, I don't think we really got much from him. I think he was two for negative two yards in the preseason game 
Uh, age has definitely caught up to Alfred Morris to a point where he's not really a serviceable or usable running back. Chris Milton, though, he was in an uphill situation. Deep at safety, a lot of guys in the rotation, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, um, not to mention the depth that they have with some young guys. That one's not very surprising to me. And that, that might have been a cut so they could fit Keon Crossan on the roster, just swapping one DB out for the guy that they just traded for. Yeah, that's probably the way it worked out. Uh, yep. Safety, there definitely are a bunch of bodies. If Milton is going to get onto the team, it, w- it would have been through special teams and that's something where crossing that is his forte the strength of his game so that is probably the uh, the calculus the giants made alfred morris yeah i think the fact that he was he was signed in the first place was more surprising than the fact that he was cut you know he was i, I would say surprisingly effective last year because you know he certainly didn't out-athlete the defenders to get the yards per carry that he did. And you know, the the Giants' offensive line didn't do him any favors in the preseason game. And honestly, I think he's... I don't think his performance in that game was why he was cut. I think the Giants basically saw enough from him in practice that you know what little tread he had on his tires last year uh that wasn't there anymore he as slow as he was last year he just wasn't able to get to the line of scrimmage in time to take advantage of any holes there so the the offensive line did not play well when he was in the game but morris was just like you said age caught up with him father time is undefeated right morris makes a ton of sense uh, him not returning to this roster, but the the Keon Crossan, Chris Milton situation, I think that that kind of speaks for itself that they needed to remove somebody so they could bring in another name. Um, and we're in the situation, the season here of roster shuffling. There's going to be a lot of moves that continue to happen over the next few weeks as the season is getting super, super close. Chris, last thing I want to touch on here, and I think it's a question that a lot of people are asking themselves right now as they make two trades for corners and they're swapping some guys in and out. They're waving guys. They wave the player in their secondary. The question that I think people are curious on, and, I, and we even spent time to write an article on it on the website, is are, are, is there going to be any moves done for the offensive line? Now, I don't think that they necessarily need to go out and trade for an elite-level starting offensive lineman. They're probably not going to even be able to get one. That's what, not what we're talking about here. We're talking about are they going to try and sign – any available veterans? Are they going to try and trade for any available depth linemen that some teams can't fit in their cap or they can't fit on their roster for whatever reason? Because as we said after the game and we, we did our breakdowns of the, the Jets game, it's pretty clear and apparent that there is not any confidence in this backup offensive line group. They need some depth. They really need to find uh, somebody to at least have some level of confidence in because the backup offensive linemen are just super weak. Uh, yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think we I think we will see at least one move made with the offensive line. Now, whether or not that's signing a free agent off of the street, if the team makes a trade, you know, if maybe somebody becomes available, but they're going to do something. Right now, as we record, Ed is working on a projected roster 
a projected 53 man roster based on you know what we have seen so far and you know just my gut feeling looking at what he's putting together is that at least one if not more than one reserve offensive lineman for the giants is not currently on the roster they're going to pick up somebody you know we know austin reader is still on the street he is definitely the biggest name he's probably the best player who is reasonably available right now but i just don't know that the giants have the money to pick him up they've got i think about three million dollars right now particularly after the trade to pick up jackson who does carry a second rounders contract so yeah i i don't know that they could pick up a starting caliber offensive lineman right now as much as that would help their offensive line and help their offensive line depth. But, you know, maybe we could see them execute a trade. Maybe they'll be watching the waiver wire. You know, what one advantage to drafting 11th last year is they're pretty high up in the, in the pecking order for waiver wire claims. So once teams start having to make more difficult cuts, you know, as they get down to their 53 man rosters, you know, maybe at that point we can see the giants make some moves or we could see them wait until, you know, after week one and just kind of roll with what they've got with their cross their fingers, you know, try to get to that period where veteran contracts are not guaranteed. And I'm not even really sure which guys might be available for trade. We already did see Greg Little be traded from the Carolina Panthers to the Miami Dolphins. So there are teams that are trying to make some deals and move on from some guys that's obviously more of a starting caliber player. Greg Little has experience as a starting lineman, and he's being brought into Miami as a starter. But there are going to be teams that are going to cut guys. Not right this week. It seems like there's not really enough names or enough quality names out there for them to go and make a signing. But maybe as we get closer to the final roster, that's when they're going to be really hungry to go bring somebody in. I would be shocked if they don't make any uh, any moves to bolster or add some depth to to this offensive line because that's it's got to be the biggest question mark right now for this roster heading into the 2021 season. Folks, that's going to be it for today's episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening in. Head to BigBlueView.com and follow us on social media at BigBlueView. We'll be coming at you soon with a preview of the Giants game against the Cleveland Browns. 